Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Got a lot to get to today. You have uh, the opening of the brand new Lower.com field. The new crew stadium opens up this weekend. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the game against Austin, which uh, didn't go great. We're going to talk about jacking it with the crew, Mm. which is... I know you're excited about it. Oh, I'm yeah. You know my it. history with the Blue Jackets, Bones, so super <laughs> excited about this to happen. You called them the Jackoffs. Yes, I did. did. I did. So that was a that was a good time had by all. Yes. All I know is this. Uh, we're going to talk about the Jackhammers and the Jackhamma, I yeah. thought they said was a name, mm-hmm. possibly. Uh, but we're going to start talking about the Euros because, well, there's a lot going on there. It has been, I think, like if you had to buy into the euros like that you had to buy a pass to watch this stuff if the price was a hundred dollars i would say you've more than gotten your money's worth by this point of the tournament and we're not even we're just now to the quarterfinals like this has been epic games man there's been some tremendous games throughout this tournament yeah there really has been and you're 100 percent correct with that take because i have the knockout stages bone of course we always know it's it's so drama filled especially when you have the luring you know extra time and penalty kicks uh, to look forward to in some of these games i thought the group stages were remarkable some unbelievable storylines of course wales and denmark getting out we can talk about that game here in a little bit ukraine making it to their first ever knockout stage of a major world tournament uh so i thought that was very cool Uh, But just the amount of goals that have been scored in this tournament, it was a little bit of a slow start, but man, have they just been flying in uh, furiously over the last couple of days with these knockout rounds. So you're hundred percent right, man. It's been an unbelievably fun first round of 16. Be very excited uh, when we get the knockout stages, uh, we get the round of eight quarterfinals getting going uh, tomorrow. And I'm looking forward to it, man, because it's been in my book bone, an unbelievable tournament so far. Well, it has been. You have had, as you just mentioned with that Ukraine team, you have a, a, a game winner scored at the death of extra of of at, of extra time, mm-hmm. right? Like you have had these back and forth games like Croatia and Spain where it's just goals galore. Um, if you wanted to see, you know, drama filled, down to the wire, champion getting knocked out, France, you had that with Switzerland. Sure. What a great Great game that was, and we'll talk about some of the fallout from that. And if you just wanted to see, like, well-played soccer between two really tough opponents who then, I thought, put on a show, and and it wasn't the most, you know, it wasn't nine goals in a game or anything like that, but England-Germany, to me, that's soccer. Like, that's that's a beautiful soccer game. It was back and forth. It was a tough game. It was so many chances for both teams, and then England pulls away in the end and gets it done. I mean, that... It's wherever you want to go with this, man. But I, I think for me, the big story to start off is France is out yeah. and England is England is flying high. Like those two teams and their their histories, their fan bases for France to be out of this tournament, I think is such a gut punch for them. 
Uh, and meanwhile, England, <laughs> all their fans have to feel like, oh my gosh, we can win the whole thing. They have now. to feel like it's coming home, don't they? Uh, <laughs> they feel like it's coming home every year. That's they true. feel like every <laughs> tournament ever is coming home. But this one may actually be. So, But let's start with France. Yeah. Uh, because Most entertaining game of the tournament for me. It was unbelievable. Oh, it was, I mean, you had Switzerland getting on the board early. Then you have France come all the way back with their three goals. Uh, Benzema's going crazy. Paul Pogba's playing out of his mind with the ridiculous laser goal. When he hit that goal, I thought, okay. Yeah, that's over. It's done. There's, there's, well, and I think Twelman had the line after the second goal where he's like, oh, they've woken up France now. And it's like, well, I mean, France can just be awake whenever they want. I mean, they're that good of a team where they can go 50 minutes, not do anything, and then suddenly get two goals in span of two minutes and – you think the game's out of hand, then Pogba hits that. And for Switzerland to come back like that, it was just unbelievable. And then, of course, multiple chances for both teams. And Mbappe had one that I'm sure he'll regret not hitting. And No, he definitely regrets it now. I mean, after, what, what? after what happened in penalties, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but like even at that at the last, I think in the last minute of extra time in that one, didn't France have one go yeah. off the bar? Yeah. Just everything worked out to that point for Switzerland. And then, of course, killing Mbappe. The only guy who doesn't convert his penalty and France is out. And you could see, I don't, it was like the crowd, uh, Switzerland's goalkeeper did, he was like, wait, are we sure this, did I just do that? Did right. I just, did I just stone killing Mbappe and are, they're not going to call anything back and this is over? And like, there was a, a delayed reaction. It was on literally that that like was a three intense. second delay of the <laughs> Switzerland players. And so I don't know, again, like we'll go in, you know, into this. I don't know if that was the fact where refs were per perhaps checking VAR if Summer left the line early. I don't know if that was the case because you did see like when the Swiss players started running from midfield uh, to really jump on him and you know congratulate him on saving that. You did see the kind of referee in the middle of the field. He's like trying to hold the players back and he's looking at his watch. Uh, so right, I don't know if yeah. they were going to VAR check that. But imagine a world too where Kylian Mbappe gets that save. They VR VAR check it. They go back and say Summer was off the line. We have to re-kick this penalty oh. i mean imagine the drama of that now obviously it didn't happen that way but for that game to be played the way it did france are up 3-1 in what the 80th minute 79th minute where whenever paul pogba scored that goal uh late on i mean he hits that rocket beautiful goal upper 90 just a laser curler there's nothing that the swiss goalkeeper can do about it everybody's saying to themselves okay world champs are here you know like they yeah. they're they're yeah. here 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 they go like okay this is going to be it done and dusted they're on to the round of eight congratulations to switzerland man because they did not give up they were whipping in balls all day long and babu on that right side was by I mean, it was literally like i know bone that you don't play much fifa it's like putting in a substitute in the 70th minute with a guy with like 95 sprint speed and just saying <laughs> to themselves like okay this guy we're just gonna unleash him because everybody else has tired legs like he was just unbelievable in that game and the service that he was putting in uh for the period that he was on the field so they get one back then you're sitting at three two it's probably saying to yourself like okay a little bit bumpy for france at the minute but think they're going to be all right they're world class they obviously won the world cup they'll be able to defend this no no uh not that way and so you go through extra time which was marvelously played and then you go into penalties man and again it goes back to what we have been saying you know this entire show when you go to penalties bone you literally have no idea what in the world's gonna happen oh it's no, a total crapshoot of course not so it's it's 
And now Kylian Mbappe has to live with that. Literally I mean, the weight of a nation. Think about that for a second. Literally the weight right. of a nation uh, came crashing down on Kylian Mbappe. From going to the young player of the tournament and being the golden boy of the last World Cup to literally being the scapegoat of France, not living up to expectations and not scoring a goal in the tournament. How's that for a U-turn four years later for you? Yeah, it's 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 huge, three years. Obviously. How long it's been? Three years. Yeah. And it's hard to believe, right? I mean, because usually there's a couple years in between – this, I mean, largely the same group of players that we're seeing for all these teams, they're going to be the ones involved in, you know, World Cup qualifying and obviously playing in the World Cup next winter, right? Because they're doing the World Cup in 2022 yeah. in November, December. So it won't be this time of year, but a little more than eight, less than 18 months away from that. So he'll have a chance to redeem himself. He obviously will have to cry himself to sleep on his pillow full of millions of dollars, which I'm sure he can mm. keep whenever he wants. Mm -hmm. But that's a tough deal, man. That is a tough deal. And he and he everyone knows how great he is. Everyone knows. Obviously, they've already won a world title. I mean, it, you win a World Cup. I, I would tend to think the pressure's off. But in France, it's one of the few places where no, then the pressure gets ratcheted up. How do you defend it? How do you do it again to not be holding Europe right now? That's a that's a little frustrating, right? You have the World Cup, but you're not going to be the champions of Europe. And that's going to sting a little until they can get back to the World Cup and show. All right. Well, that was. That was just the Euros. We can't really control what happened there, but now we're going to come back and we're going to show you that we're France. So. Well, and I think, too, the question around Didier Deschamps, right? I mean, what happens with him? <laughs> you guy won a World Cup three years ago, and you go crash and burn out of the Euros when you were less than great in the group stage, where you were obviously not great in the knockout rounds. You go out to Switzerland, all of a sudden you got a World World Cup in your trophy cabinet, but at the same time, now people are calling for your head. So what's the shakeup going to be? Oh, well, Not only with I, the coaching staff, but with the roster, too. Like It might be a total yeah. shakeup. With that, with usually someone with that pedigree and the amount of, you know, good that's been done there, you don't usually fire someone over 15 minutes, but man, the last 15 minutes of that game, Switzerland had everything they wanted in the middle of the field against France. Like they had no problems going right up the gut. And that's actually, I think how they scored their second or third goal. I'm trying to keep them straight in my head, but like they had, they, I, I just thought France switched off at the end and said, all right, we're. We we're playing we just, for penalties too, right? We'll like we'll just stand, we'll just stay here. We got a three-one lead. We'll be fine. And then the mm -hmm. second goal comes in, and it's like, ah, well, they got a goal. Well, good yeah, for them. Congratulations. It, mm -hmm. it was never like France lit back into it. I don't, I don't feel like that's enough to fire someone, uh, you know, to move on from a coach, especially this close to all the qualification that and all the World Cup stuff that you have coming up in the next eighteen months. But it, it certainly begs the question, right? Is is he the right guy to go forward? Uh, I don't think they move on from him, but I can certainly understand that conversation. So, yeah, France is out. Meanwhile, Switzerland, I think, now is one of the more dangerous teams in this league. They've clearly shown they've got the ability. Think about the goals that were scored, too. I mean, the, the France goals were kind of off of scrambles, and the Benzema goals just fell to him. He's in the right place. Yep. He comes on as a sub. That's what he does, to be fair. And, pa and Pogba hits a goal that nobody in the world's stopping. You know, Switzerland's goals actually came from team buildup and – not that Francis didn't, but you know what I mean? Like those goals that Switzerland scored, it feels like they could score those goals again and again and again. And France's goals, yes. I mean, you have Paul Pogba. He can do that at any time, but you're going to have to have him do it. You know, and Switzerland, it's more of their system right now. I, I think they can be a very dangerous team going forward in this tournament. Obviously. I think Denmark can too, man. I mean, well, the way that yeah. they're playing, I think that's a, it, that's turned in. That's turned from a feel good story to, okay, you're in the round of eight. Like anything could happen now. Yeah, really could. And I think that's that's a certainly they they 
just wiped the floor with Wales. There wasn't really much of a contest there. Um, but yeah, Denmark is certainly a team you got to feel good about. And I do. I've been, <laughs> I think everyone who's not affiliated with some other of these countries is rooting for Denmark to do well and to finish off this tournament and possibly even win the whole thing. What a story that would be. Um, we can also talk about England and Germany because I, I, I enjoyed that game too. I, but I, you know, I'm, I know that some people, this sounds very snooty, but like I enjoy, I can enjoy a game that goes zero, zero. I can enjoy a game where there's just good hard fought competition and it just doesn't result in a goal. And I thought that's kind of where we were headed. And then mm-hmm. England breaks through, they get the two goals. How good has Raheem Sterling been for them, oh, by the way? Man, I mean, he's, he's unbelievable, isn't he? It's almost like one of the best, like one of the best players on one of the best teams in the world or the best team in the world, depending on how you feel about Manchester City should be, you know, like considered one of the best. But yeah, he's he's put together a hell of a tournament. He's doing great and <laughs> generating a lot of offense for them. So yeah, he, he's been phenomenal. Um, I just look at this England team, you know, from where they were at a few years ago in the World Cup, obviously getting to that semifinal, uh, you know, a lot of youth in their in their in their squad. And now you can see how much they've matured, you know, just here in a couple of years. Uh, Declan Rice has been stunning in the midfield, I think, for England. But you go into that game with the history that those two organizations have. And last time England beat Germany in anything consequential bone was all the way back in the 1960 World Cup, you know, so it's been 70 years, 60 years. Math is uh, very tough for me to do on soccer podcast. Actually, any day uh, math is not very easy for me to do. My wife's a math teacher, so she usually handles that. Um, But it's been 60 years since they had beaten them. Uh, You go back to the Euros and World Cups and, you know, everything in between. Germany always got the better of them. Now, it wasn't as strong of a German side, I think, as, as we've become accustomed to. As they're going through not an identity crisis, but some of their older players are starting to cycle out. They're going to get young players in there. Uh, the end of an era with Yugi Louv, the uh, the crotch sniffer himself. Uh, so he's going to be done. But no, <laughs> man, it was a it was a good game. It's exactly how we kind of thought that was going to go. It was a feeling out process. England then get an opportunity. Raheem Sterling takes it. They go up. They're one nil. Germany starts to press. They have an unbelievable opportunity uh, at the end of the game with Thomas Mueller. Oh, I mean, breakaway I, chance. Was... I thought it was in the back of the net for sure. Like I was well, looking it, around the room. I thought it was in a guy of his talent, uh, yeah. his experience, everything, right? He's just this ageless wonder who's been there forever. Been dropped from the team, came back to the team for yeah. this tournament. Yeah. And, and, and he has his moment and you think, well, clearly he's not going to like, you're right. You had 30 seconds. It felt like to think about the results from what's going to happen. Yeah. Which you assume that's going in the back of the net. Now what happens? I'm starting to formulate that in my own head. And then he misses. And every, I think everyone in the stadium, you know, Pickford's looking at it like that's surely going in. Yeah. Like every, I mean, everyone well, at is that thinking point, he can't do Pickford is on an it's island. It's not his fault. There's yeah. nothing he can do. No. Right. I mean, he, anybody, you know what? He played it about as well sure. as you could. There's just protected his post. That goes, that goes in 99% of the time mm-hmm. for a player of Thomas Mueller's ability. And nope, it did not. And that <laughs> few minutes later, game's over. And that was. That was because of the fact that, you know, if you have a tie 1-1 game, I don't know that England gets that second goal. Maybe they do. Maybe they just come right back and are able to get the winner anyway. But uh, the the second goal was easily, you know, put on the end and just to say, all right, there's the cherry on top. This is over. And it's coming home. Texts were flying across all of the interwebs. I did get a, a text from my buddy Thomas, who is of English descent and is an England fan. And he texted me and said, I don't know if you know this, but England and Germany have been a rival for a long time yeah. and not just and not just in soccer. And I said, thank you for the thanks for the update. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
so yeah obviously uh that was a big deal for them so now england like we talked about man yeah. i mean it's sitting very favorably for them i mean they're they they've drawn ukraine which ukraine was great uh it was a fantastic comeback for them uh to you know get this goal at the very end and sweden sit, you know has a player sent off on a red card i mean it's it's not that ukraine doesn't deserve to be there but England clearly looked like the better side in that matchup. Oh, well, they certainly and, were. Yeah. So, and then you're getting the winner of Czech Republic and Denmark. Of course. And so you get past this, the unslayable beast, right? I mean, what you've been looking at for so long, if you are an English fan or of English descent, uh, you get past your arch nemesis in Germany. You draw an unbelievably favorable matchup against Ukraine. Uh, and that's the only game bone they're going to have to play outside of England. Because yeah. once this round gets over, I believe they're in Rome uh, for their next game on Saturday, England are. Uh, and then it comes back to Wembley for the semifinals and the finals. Literally, you couldn't not draw it up better. You beat Germany, like I said, your arch nemesis, and then all of a sudden you draw an underdog story in Ukraine, who again had never been to a knockout stage in any world tournament. This is their first one. They get a quarterfinal matchup against England, and if England win that, like you mentioned, you get the winner of Czech Republic and Denmark, you got to feel great if you're the English, right? I mean, yeah. you are basically one step into the final at Wembley. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's one of those things where I get very frustrated when people just assume England is one of the best teams in the world yeah. all the time, because obviously English soccer has a huge history, mm -hmm. but a lot like the Toronto Maple Leafs, where people talk about them like, oh, well, you know, Toronto, they're just one of the best team, one of the premier hockey clubs in the NHL. And it's like, yeah, you know, the last time they won a Stanley Cup was in the 60s. Right. People people who don't follow it that hardcore are like, what, what, what? I thought they were one of the, it's like, well, they are, but they haven't won a Stanley Cup in, you know, over 60 years. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> that's where it is with England. I mean, you're, you're talking 50 plus years since they've hoisted a world cup. So it's not that they're not a good team. They are clearly a good team, but now that the reality used to be, well, don't put so much on them because they're really not that good. Stop thinking that they're as good as they are. Now it's the reverse. Now it's, well, actually here, they are a really good team. But they have the best draw. So if they don't win this now, it almost will be an epic upset, at least getting to a final. I mean, once you get in the final, anything can happen. Of course. But if they don't reach the final, that will be an epic uh, disappointment for their fans. Yeah, of course it will. I mean, and, and two, again, I mean, it's being played at Wembley. So not only the fact that you have good players, you have a favorable, favorable draw, you get to play Ukraine in Italy and then go right back home without with only leaving the country one time. So it's an, yeah, it's an incredible draw for them. Other side of the bracket, you know, I know we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Switzerland, dangerous team, just bounced out France. They're going to get to play Spain. Uh, and then Belgium <laughs> and Italy, uh, that one has certainly lost some of its shine because – now Kevin De Bruyne is going to be out for that game as well, Bones. Yeah, so it's a yeah. big, big knock for the Belgians. Yeah, I think Italy has to feel really good because they've obviously been as good as anyone in this tournament, and I think they've they're they're coming into form in just the right time. And certainly, you'd think they're going to have a, a very good chance here to, you know, be able to to put this Belgian team away. I would think there's a at least halfway decent chance of that. So. Yeah, man, that, that matchup is not what we were hoping for mm -hmm. with Belgium just because Kevin De Bruyne is not in it. But to go back to that Switzerland-Spain game, um, I feel like that game could have... 
it will probably end up 0-0 yeah. and go to extra time <laughs> because you feel like there should be three or four goals in that one. It feels like two really great well, it's offenses. It's weird about Spain, too. Like They were just sleepwalking through the first two two rounds of the tournament. No goals oh. scored, goal drought, and then all of a sudden, bam, five in the last, uh, five in the last uh, group stage game, and then they turn around and scored five in their first knockout game. So ten yeah. goals over the last two for Spain. Uh, suddenly, they have arisen, but no, well, you're about, right. How about that game, too, man, yeah. where they start off with that st- I've never seen well I have never I've seen some pretty bad own goals but that's about as bad as it gets right to start that game off and then still they come back and, and get the goal back and they are get up you know and, and it's two to two and then it's suddenly three to two and then it's three to three Croatia yeah. evens it back up in stoppage time they go to extra time and then they get the two goals within five minutes in extra time and put that one away but yeah it it feels like both the the swiss defense and the spanish defense have a little bit left to be desired mm-hmm. and i think it's a kind teams, way to put it yeah <laughs> those two teams also seem to be able to put the ball in the back of the net so yeah i i would expect that to have a lot of goals in it but it also because that's how we usually goes in soccer when you think it's going to be a lot of goals suddenly it's zero zero and everybody's going why are they not scoring but that one has epic proportion or a chance to be an epic contest Belgium, Italy has still a great chance to be an epic contest. Um, and then, yeah, Czech Republic and Denmark. I think the feel-good story with Denmark there, and we know how you know 90% of people watching soccer in this country at least are probably rooting for England because half their favorite players are on England mm-hmm. because you watch the Premier League, you know almost every player on their roster. So, I mean, it's it, there's a lot here. This is going to be a fun round of quarterfinals, obviously Friday and Saturday of this week. We're recording on Thursday, so whenever you're listening to it, some of these games have already been played, but yeah, then uh, after that, we get semifinals on Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, that's next great, week. by the way. Love Just that. Just a midweek, midweek, three o'clock, Tuesday and Wednesday. Sign me up. I'm going to be hanging out drunk watching those games somewhere. So Tuesday, I have the day off, which is oh my good, good times there. Wednesday, I have to work, which is not a problem, but Mike is off. So in the studio, I will have no the QVC. <laughs> no, there will be no QVC, but also I will have the soccer on. It's just, will I be able to focus on the radio show no. knowing that I'm watching a Euro semifinal? No, who cares? Doesn't matter. That's right. I think I've got, I don't know if it's Chops or Biddle in that day, but um, Biddle in a the lot bone? of, a lot of them talking. Hopefully it's Biddle in the bone or Chops in the bone, whatever way, bone chops, but they're going to be a lot of talking from them because I'm going to be trying to watch that game. And then, of course, Sunday the 11th, that is the finals. So, All right, so as we sit here, and we'll record, of course, next Thursday as well, advanced look ahead, quarterfinals, of course, this weekend, semifinals next week, prediction for Wembley next Sunday. Who do you got, Bone? Oh, right now. I don't know what the matchups are after this round. Like, who, like, oh, well, no, I do. Of course I do. Yeah, um, Sp- so Switzerland and Spain will play the winner of yeah, Belgium yeah, yeah, and yeah. Italy. That, Czech yeah, yeah, Republic, Denmark will yeah. play the winner of Ukraine. That's England. right. I just said that earlier. I'm stupid. Hey, that's um, okay. I, it's tough. <laughs> I tend to think it's going to be Italy and Spain on that side. Mm-hmm. And then I tend to think Italy is just going to... Man, though, the Spanish def- our offense just woke up, didn't they? Oh, man. I think Italy's probably my pick there, but that's a tough call. And I, I, I'm probably going to go Italy-England. 
I think that's where I'm going. Yep, that's where I'm going to. I'm going to go with Italy and England. I think that Belgium, the winner, uh, I think. Winner the, of Italy and Belgium. I think the winner of Italy and Belgium gets to the cup final next Sunday. And so whatever happens in that game, I think you'll see a finalist out of them. Uh, and then I think the doors are open from England. If they don't reach it to the final, it's a massive failure on their you part. Know what, so I'm, though, going, to, I'm yeah. going Italy, England. But they, yeah, do have, would... they do have the prowess to choke, England does in big games. <laughs> do so. they? I've never seen no, that. No, me either. They've mm-hmm. never really had, they've never shown that. So. Yeah, that's that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We've got uh, the heart of the rest of the tournament all ahead of us, so this is going to be a lot of fun the next few next few days and over the next I don't know ten or twelve days, however long we've got. We'll take a break when we come back. We'll talk to some crew. We'll talk about jacking it with the crew next on Boat and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. All right. Uh, let's talk about what we've got going on with the crew. Pretty eventful week, I would say, for the crew. I would say so. It started off Sunday of this past week with a trip to Austin FC and a stadium that looks like the, a paper, or not a paper clip, a staple. Like the top of that yeah. stadium, they've got like a little curly roof weird thing. Looks like the guy that used to help you out on Microsoft, you know, a little paper yeah. clip guy that comes up <laughs> and he's like, hey, what can I help you with? Clippy. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, so their fans, by the way, are the best fans in the world. I've heard, I've heard yeah. that they're the greatest. Okay. Ever. Um, you know, listen, I, I, I know there are some crew fans that will bristle at that, but the, the reality is that atmosphere was really good. Um, I don't expect anything less, by the way. I think what's weird is that major league soccer and specifically the commentators, they act like this is surprising that a, a city that's never had a major league franchise gets one. And their fans are out of their minds for that franchise. And I think there's a natural tendency to then go, why doesn't Columbus look like that for every game? And and what I and and I'm not saying that just because it's Austin. I'm saying that because of Seattle. I'm saying that because of Toronto. I'm saying that because of Real Salt Lake. All these other teams that came in over the last 10, 15 years, FC Cincinnati, right? That comparison always happens with crew fans. And I think what's important is And I've made this comparison before, and I'll make it again. When you see a newlywed couple that, you know, they're young, they're in love, they just get married, and then you see the couple who's been married for 20 years, and they've had a few kids, and been to counseling. (laughs) Like, like, you don't think that those couples are going to look just slightly different? Right. But also, I think it's worth noting that the couple that's been through the the shit, like, (laughs) that couple is still together. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some value that should be placed on that. And I don't just say this as an old married man who's been married for over 15 years. I'm saying it because I'm an old I married think, man that's been married for 15 years. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm saying it because you look at the crew. That's what their fan base. That's what this fan base is. We've been through a lot. And yet here we still are. And I think looking at Austin and going, wow, look how excited they are. You know, it, yeah. Look at the Instagram of a young couple versus, you know, the Facebook page of an older couple. And the pictures are going to be a little different. Doesn't mean the passion isn't still there. Doesn't mean you still don't My love My kid that pooped person. in the toilet and wiped their own ass today. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying is we've dealt with some children, right? Mm-hmm. We had to deal with a problem child in Anthony hey, Precourt. just had crazy sex in Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I bet that's going to get you, you know, uh, some nice Instagram <laughs> posts. Sure. I bet you're going to get a few likes for that. <laughs> All I'm pointing out is, Austin, call me in 20 years. You know, that's where I, I always say that about these other teams. Call us in a few years when you've been through some crap and you've had some losing seasons. And that's so fine. They had a really over the top atmosphere. 
It was a 0-0 game. I know a lot of crew fans were mad about that. Dom Tiberi came in, of all people, came into the, into the office the other day and was just, I mean, beside himself angry about that game. He was he was hot about the fact that the crew didn't beat Austin. And I had to tell him, like, look, man, it's a summer, it's a summer Sunday night in Texas. I have watched so many Houston-Dallas games with the crew where a good team goes down there, the Houston or Dallas team is playing terribly, and then it ends up 0-0 like that because it's just sweltering heat. And it's it's the crew always tend to play those games in June, July, and August. They rarely get those scheduled in October or March. And it's just that's you know, the way the league works. But yeah, so I mean, I'm not trying to excuse the performance away. I would have loved to see a goal. I would have loved to ruin that for them. But as it stands, at least the crew didn't get the first goal scored on them. So Austin still has not scored a goal in their new stadium, and I hope that trend continues for quite a while. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Dom and I actually had the same scoreline prediction uh, last week. He picked the crew 4-0. I did as well. I didn't know that until uh, neighbor Eric, who is a uh, you know big frequenter of the program, mm-hmm. uh, Bone, loves the show, and he came to me on Sunday, or excuse me, Monday morning when I was getting home from work after the game. He was like, you lied to me. And I'm like, oh no, what did I do? You know, like I'm thinking like this is going to be a yeah. big world issue. Uh, I'm like, what did I do? Did I not mow my grass? on time did we are we off on our like spraying mechanics for the lawn like i have no clue what was wrong and he's like you said the crew were gonna win four nothing and i'm like oh okay yeah sorry you know i just gotta maybe a little maybe a little brash with the prediction uh but you know it just i don't know man at least if anything you're gonna take away from this bone at least with the performance now you said earlier on in the show that there are games that you can watch and i think everybody is on board with this you can watch nil nil games as long as they're exciting and they're fun and you feel good and there's chances galore and great play that was pretty far from the game that was played on Sunday. Sure, well, there were a least, couple opportunities. Here, at least from the crew side of things, like yeah. the crew did not look very good. No, the the Austin team was very engaging and exciting. It sucks. They they were the more exciting and thrilling team in that game. And it was it would that was what was frustrating to me is watching that game and going, Oh my god, Austin looks like they're gonna mm-hmm. get the goal. Oh, and they thirty forced- seconds into the game. <sighs> oh, yeah, if they had anybody who could finish, that game could have possibly been two or three nothing. Like, yeah, was, or if the crew had anybody that could finish when Giassi well, got that opportunity in the seventy uh, sixth minute, I mean that could no, that could but, have been one nil. I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean you know how that goes. on Gia. I know, no, I know, no, 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 I, I know. But what I was going to say is, you know how that goes. Like, there's always three or four chances for every team yeah. in every soccer game. Yep. Austin had about ten to twelve. Mm-hmm. Like Austin generated some really great opportunities, and they just flat out couldn't finish. The crew got the three or four any any team normally gets in any game. I think that's where the uninspiring part was for me is I just expected a little more out of him. Jossie there was, was no doing, creativity at no, all. No, Nothing. No. Jossie was doing the work. Um, I thought Zella Ryan was working hard, but, you know, you can work really hard and just not have a good game, right? I mean, as far as they couldn't get anyone else to kind of join the fray and be a part of that, and the possession was was not as much as I had hoped for. Uh, they got better with that in the second half. They fought through. I, Caleb Porter after the game kind of was pumping his team up a little bit, you know, and he said they grinded that game out and they had to grind out a game like that. And I get that. Um, it is frustrating that you're grinding these games out when you're starting to get healthier and you've got a team like Austin's right for the picking. That's three points, man. If you want to be in the Supporter Shield race, yeah. which the crew are not right now and they're not going to be. Not really close even no 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 they're not I mean Seattle I don't think has lost a game yet this year I mean they're (laughs) Seattle's flying good for them but it doesn't matter if you don't care about winning the supporters shield 
I do. I know a lot of crew fans do. Um, this is the type of game that could get you back in that race if you can get three points. Um, now your challenge becomes a lot tougher because now you're opening a new stadium. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a crowd that is going to be, I think, out of its mind here for the opening of the new stadium. Would have been nice to carry some positives out of that yeah. game, get a goal, get three points, and then come here. Do you think that's what Porter was doing, maybe, on Sunday? I mean, pumping his team up and not letting well, them I think, kind of get down in the dumps? Yeah, I think he was trying to say, I know how tough it is to play. And, and that's where that's where I was, too, at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. I was I was disappointed because I wanted to – number one, didn't want the crew to get scored on and have the first goal yeah. in Austin Stadium to be always would and forever. would have been amazing if scored the crew on, scored yes. their first goal, though, in Austin. That's right. And it would have gone down in history as the crew scored the first goal in this stadium. But that would have been I, amazing. It, it was, you know, we talk about those six-point swings in soccer. Sure. That's where this was for me. It was, if they score that goal, it's everything. And then that's always and forever. The first goal in their stadium is from the crew. That opportunity for slipping away was frustrating. But I was still keeping in my head, well, at least they didn't give up the first goal. And then it's always who they score the first goal yeah, on. Oh, sure. the crew. Like, Or it would be an own goal or something. I thought that could just be like the most old school crew thing ever is to give up an own goal in the, the rival stadium. And yeah, anyway, the point being, I just felt kind of meh at the end of that game. I wasn't thrilled with the performance. I wasn't down in the dumps because I know how difficult it is to play in that environment with that you know, crazy fan base with the heat, with everything going on. By the way, I don't think it's going to be really cold this week in Columbus. So it's going to be another it's not hot, be bad. game. So I think it's, uh, I was looking at the forecast this morning, boom, because apparently I'm a meteorologist on the show for people driving into work. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the extended forecast for Saturday, high of 81 degrees. Uh, so okay. it's not, not going to be bad. too bad, not too yeah, bad. That, well, compared to what we've had, right? right? It, it won't oh, be God, the stifling. I walk outside and literally just start <laughs> be drenched in sweat. Right. So... I think that matters, man. I mean, I, I'm not trying to... I know people will think that's me making excuses for the crew. I will rip them to shreds. But I'll, I'll tell you another guy that's been getting ripped apart right now, and I don't think it's fair. Kevin Molino. Mm -hmm. Guy's played like two games for the crew. He's kind of... He had a, you know, big injury. He didn't play for the first 10 games of the season. I This is, this is too early for us to tell what he's going to be with this team. Early returns, not great. But... You know what? It's two games, man. It's and, like Dogecoin, Bone. You gotta you really get in, <laughs> get in before everybody does. Get in before, yes, right. And I think part of what you have in MLS, and I have tried to explain this to people uh, when I've had people come up to me and say, "Why is it so different watching like Premier League game mm -hmm. or some of these other bigger leagues versus watching an MLS game?" And the difference for me, at least, I don't know how you feel about it, is among other things you have more players in the English Premier League, more players in the Bundesliga who can come in and on a given night they're told, we're running this system today because this is what we're doing against this team. We're changing everything. We're going to go three in the back. Yep. We're going to have six midfielders. Like you saw England yeah. do against Germany. Whole yeah, new we're, system gonna, they we're going to do a whole new system to this one game and those guys come in and nail it 99% of the time. And I think in MLS, what you have tactically, the difference is that you have more teams that are focused on playing a system because they don't have players that are as good at just instantly adapting to a new system and making it work. And so when you have that in MLS, from a tactical standpoint, the successful coaches in MLS preach a system and they put a system in place. Now they still tweak it. They still change things. And obviously that was what made Aiden Morris's performance at MLS Cup for let's for an example. He came in and played really well in a new position, but it wasn't a new system. You know what I mean? Yeah. He had been watching better players than him or older players than him 
come in and play that system all year. So when he got dropped into it, it's like, do this thing that you've watched our tour do this whole time. Do this thing you've watched Darlington Nagby do this whole time. And so he got to watch those guys do it and then step in. So I think what you're seeing now with guys like Kevin Molino, he's still figuring out how to play in this system. And maybe there's some tweaks that need to go. Caleb Porter's also figuring out how to use him. You know, so I think it, it was it was poor defensively. Milton Valenzuela on the same side as mm-hmm. uh, as him, as Kevin Molino. Kev, Milton's still not back fully yet, I think, from his injuries that he's had. He looked a step slow. I don't think that's permanent. I think that's just he's had some ouchies. So get that side of the field fixed up. If you have Luis Diaz out there instead of Kevin Molino, there's a different speed component, and that means they're not probably tearing up that side of the field for you know 45 minutes at a time. I just I think there's more to this team than what we're seeing right now. Certainly, I think there's better performances to come, but I've seen a lot of people who are just like, done with this guy, done with that guy. He sucks. He's terrible. Having a few bad games is a lot different than being a bad player. So I was frustrated after that Austin game, but I don't think this team is bad. I do think they're a very good team. I think they're just trying to find their, their stride right now, and Welcome to MLS, man. We're, <laughs> I saw Caleb Porter had something this week where he said it's been 10 games. You know, we I, I look at 10-game chunks. Yeah. So we're a third of the way through the season. Let's see how they are after the next 10 games. If they're still in this spot where they're fighting for a playoff spot, then I'm getting worried. But I think we're going to see some fortunes change. I think this new stadium is going to help. I think getting settled into that, getting through all this kind of craziness of the last game and the first game and the Austin game, get all that done and then get back to playing. Soccer. Also getting over a little thing called COVID. I mean, getting people well, back yeah. in the stands, I think is, is playing yeah, a big role mentally absolutely. for these guys. Yeah. And you do have to worry about the gold cup, right? I mean, Jossie's probably yeah. going to go away for the gold yep. cup. I'm guessing. So, uh, that's another problem that the crew are going to have to deal with. So it's wonder if there will be some movement transfer window in the summer. You don't typically see players that are brought in if they are suddenly just come in and instantly be good. It Third usually Leonel takes Messi's them- a free agent. <laughs> Let's bring him in. He seems pretty good. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, we want want someone who can win when they get to the big stage. Damn. We want someone who's just gonna just you know crap themselves just in the moment. Spit roasting my boy Leo for nothing. <laughs> man, that was I mean, vicious. Is, that was a vicious attack. Beamer, I don't know if you know this, this is a championship caliber organization. Oh, but, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we got a guy from Argentina who's pretty from Argentina who's pretty good at winning cups. So I mean, I don't know if I need I don't know if I need another one that's maybe yeah, not. Yeah, it proven. seems like too much. I'm not sure if Messi could break into the squad. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe the budget will be there. We'll hey, how see. excited are you for uh, this team to score a goal on Saturday? I mean, with all the celebrations oh. that are going to go into into effect. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the jackhammer celebration. I was told about this before it was announced. Mm-hmm. I was told by a crew employee, and I'm not at liberty to say who it was, but I laughed in this person's face. And I, because I, I literally thought they were joking. Um, and Pat Murphy from Massive Report yeah. and also Bucknuts was standing right there as this conversation was unfolding. I'm laughing and making fun of this because I thought it was a joke. And then Pat looks at me and is like, no, this is serious. This is actually happening. And I said, get get the fuck out. No way. That's not real. <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, we were all, you know, so I didn't believe it. And then I, but I started to after having that conversation and then a few days later, I get a text from someone else I know who's with the crew. Mm-hmm. And they said, what do you think of all this? And I let them know my thoughts that I laughed in another employee's face and thought it was a silly idea. And then this person said, oh, well, you can blame me for that because it was my idea. Mm. So um, 
I have talked to this person. I am hopeful that we can get that person on the podcast soon and we can kind of have a further discussion about that. But but here's the point I want to make, Beamer. It's not for me, and that's okay. Like, the crew do not need to make everything be everything for every fan. If If a lot of supporters like this idea, great. If people who have never come to crew games are going to go to crew games for the opportunity see, to use the jackhammer. Well, <laughs> I don't know how many OSHA violations are going to happen. A because lot. I, I mean, it's a jackhammer. We're not talking like a, you know, it's not a weed whacker. It's I not mean, a this chainsaw, is, <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> no, that's Timber Joey. Mm. But this is different than Timber Joey, I'm told. It's very different, even though it's kind of the same. Anyway, I'm very cynical about this. I was talking with Panama Ted, our producer on the show. Yeah. And he said, you know what, man? He's like, I don't really get it either. He said, but do you think there would be people that would go and would just be drinking and see that and be like, oh, hell, man, that's cool, you know? And then just kind of like slam their beers together, chug it real quick and, <laughs> yes, and enjoy it. I'm I like, do, you know uh, what? Yes, I do You're believe right. that, that There happen. will be people who will enjoy that. And I don't want to be, I am never want to be soccer gatekeeper guy who's like, that's not more. That's not what soccer is. Mm -hmm. Like this is, this is MLS. It's a different climate it's a different culture if it's a different traditions than what you have in other countries and other places hell i mean the crew once had the cruisers you know they had cheerleaders on the sidelines like it was we're learning and growing and doing different things and as i understand this this Your was penalty a, kicks used to be a run-up yeah right <laughs> they used to have uh penalty shootouts that were started at like midfield and you ran with the ball <laughs> i mean it was that's how they ended games so Look, the reality is I don't have to like this. And like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm telling you what my honest op opinion was because I don't like to pull punches. If I don't like something, I'll say it. But I'm not saying that because I'm mad about it, want to see it changed. None of that. Like, I just I realized it's not for me and that's OK. And my kids may enjoy it. And that's great if they do. Other people's kids, I hope, will enjoy it. And that's great. And I also hope that other people come to love this and, and maybe it won't be as weird as I think it's going to be, but that's cool. Like it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to be a jerk about this. I am honest to God saying I don't totally get it, but I hope that it's good. It, does that make sense? Yeah. I, does yeah. that sound weird? No, okay. I don't think it sounds weird. I mean, you're not that you're against the idea of doing it. You just don't like it personally. And now it, other yes. people may enjoy it. Yes. I think that's a totally sane but I, I don't opinion to have. I don't want to come off like Bruce Arena, who, when he came to Ohio Stadium, when the crew were playing many moons ago with DC United, and they had some like halftime entertainment and some of the stuff they were doing, he was like, oh yeah, this is great entertainment for middle America. Mm. Like, I'm not trying to come off as snooty and like, I guess that'll be good for you guys. It's not good for me. I just mean it is okay if I don't like something at the new crew stadium because I don't need that to go, right? I assume you don't need it to go either. No, I definitely needed that. <laughs> That was one thing that was a must in my contract to get me to go to lower.com field. <laughs> we are, we are, that, you and and the beer, I, that and the beer garden were must right. for me. The, mm. the beer garden is going to be great. I'm going to the uh, Nordeca night out Ooh. tonight, checking out the new Nordeca and checking out the beer garden. I would if I didn't have to get that. up at 3.45 a.m. Uh, yeah, yeah, that puts a crimp in the style. Um, so, yeah, now this weekend, they've got everything to play for on Saturday. Thankfully, you have a uh, beater, you know, beaten and bruised and battered team coming into your building to open up, you know, with, with yeah. New England. That's good. Uh, that's yeah, it's it's going to be a tough game, man. Mm -hmm. They're they're a, they're a tough out. So that's where I was saying with the three points, you could have gotten Austin or we wish we would have gotten Austin. Now you really need another three points 
and you're going to be playing a much tougher opponent to get it. But hopefully the home crowd and the new stadium and all that, I just hope it's not jitters. Frankie Haydick used to say, I never felt jitters. I just felt amps. Yeah. Like he, he used the term amps, you know, like I'm just excited. I'm ready to go. I'm plugged in. I hope that's what this team gets and not like jittery because, oh, there's this new stuff. Like, I hope that's not too overwhelming. But yeah, on the field, it's going to be a hell of a matchup. The crew are going to have to find some goals because I don't think you're getting out of there without scoring a goal and winning or, and getting up. You're not getting a result if you don't score a goal this yeah. weekend. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm excited about the new stadium, man. Uh, I'll be looking forward to everything that goes along with it. Uh, and also, Bone, just a, uh, a tip of the cap to every single person who has been working on that stadium since its oh, inception yes. and uh, just building that thing and giving the city of Columbus an unbelievable uh, brand new stadium and venue to go watch, you know, the, your team here uh, in Columbus and central Ohio. So just a tip of the cap to them, man, because they have been absolutely grinding over there since the building of the stadium. So you're actually going to get to live out a dream. It's going to become reality on Saturday. And so very, very excited to get in there and uh, actually see what happens with this game. Yeah, I am. I am as well. So uh, if, by the way, any of you are listening to this on Thursday, the day it is released tonight on your local news on 10 TV, I'll be out at the stadium with Dom Tiberi, Dave Holmes. We're going to do the sports cast from there at 620. So if you're listening to this prior to 620 p.m. on Thursday, Flip it on to 10 TV, check that out, and see some or more of the Or go harass Bone live. Or, yeah, if you're coming out to it, please ruin our live shot. I would... <laughs> that's I, Maybe you I can have that. the sign in the Tour de France that just says, Ale, mean, Omi, and Opie. Maybe you can <laughs> Maybe you can have that sign. Ruin is the wrong word. Improve our live yes. shot. That's that's <laughs> what it would be. It would be an improvement for sure. All right, Beamer, that's it for me. You got anything else? Yeah, Jadon Sancho, newest Manchester United player, Bone. Oh, $100 gosh, million. Yes. Dollars. Gosh, Very I excited. forgot all about that. And, oh, you're, and, you're in heaven right and, there. And apparently they have a deal done with Rafael Varane as well. French defender, of course, formerly from Real Madrid. So i got to say, man, Red Devils looking pretty good here in the summertime. It's coming home, Bone. <laughs> Does that apply for any English yeah, team sure. now? You know, Sunderland, I, was gonna, it, I was actually, I got very comfortable there and I was going to say, you know, uh, F it. Uh, why, you know, why not? But I decided to. I dropped to, a couple. I, I know couple you did. Episode. And that's what made me comfortable here. Uh, but no, man, it was uh, very exciting stuff. Leo Messi, free agent. He's coming to the crew. Jaden Sancho is going to Manchester United. So there you very go. good stuff. Absolutely. We'll have more when we start previewing up the uh, Premier League in. Uh, we're less than a, <laughs> yeah. what, probably a month away <laughs> yeah. from starting that. Yes. From, literally from like our five weeks away. Oh, can't wait for it. All right, guys. Thanks again for listening. We will see you next week, week right here on Bowdoin Beam United.